This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's Royal Blue Podcast. Me, Greg O'Keefe, Phil Kirkbride, our Everton correspondent, and you know the score, Tony Scott and Gavin Buckland completing the lineup. Uh, not much going on in terms of incomings yet. We haven't got loads of new signings, exciting new recruits to talk about, but we hope that'll be later in the summer. In the meantime, still plenty going on in the footballing world. As we know, England is a whole different, uh, whole different kettle of fish, really, for discussion. But kind of tying into the England debacle, uh, we're just speaking before the podcast and reflecting on the Everton lads who I was about to say weren't involved, but as it happened, they weren't really. Ross Barkley and John Stones. But Gav, you mentioned something that uh, yeah, caught your attention. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know whether it was startling or not. It was um, Stan Carlymore saying about Ross, um, which was quite widely publicised. Um, saying that he's spoken to several coaches, I think at international level, perhaps outside of international level, and saying Ross has not got a football brain, which I think was the uh, the phrase that was used. Mm. Um, and given the debacle uh, of Monday, whether you'd want to sort of trust England uh, coaches to, or whoever's been involved in the national team, mm. uh, trust their judgments is one thing, but it just threw up um, something that to me is, you know, what is a, hey, what's a football brain and you know, what do we think? Do, do we think, what do, we yeah. think is, do we think that's true around Ross? I mean, we've spoken about him last season that perhaps maybe sometimes intuitively he's not, not the best. Sometimes you should pick things up quick, what's going on the pitch. Do you think Colin Moore, is, if, is that, if that's what he's saying, do you think that's true? It's an interesting one. I mean, I would say my perfect example of who has got a football and brain would be Gareth Barry. Um, but he's also got twenty years of experience or whatever, hasn't yeah. he? So he's not yeah. the answer there. Well which, I didn't I didn't used to watch Barry when he was twenty one. Which so young yeah. footballer has got a football brain? Good question. Has Eric Dyer got one? No. He, he no, was just made no. mistakes. He, yeah. he was just about the first one I made. Wayne Rooney has a football brain at the start of his career. It's, to me, it's what, what, what do you define by football brain? Yeah, it's a, no, it's, it's, one made 11. Yeah, yeah, it's one of them vague sort of game management type sort of uh, phrases that gets used, but I'm not entirely certain so I look at people the, mean. I look at the goals that Ross has scored for Everton, and you've got to have something in you to have done what he's done. Remember the one at Newcastle away two seasons ago? Took five or six Newcastle players on from his own half and stuck it in the top corner. You telling me you haven't got a football and brain to do yeah. that? Yeah. Sure. And this is at a young age. Yeah. People talk about this is Ross Barkley who's got more assists and more goals than anyone in that England midfield. <laughs> anyone? Is, is that not ability though that enabled him to do? Well, surely you've got to have a brain to release to get them assists and to get them goals. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. just playing devil's advocate, is that more like football brain? Does that basically bleed into the concept of game management? Because Ross, no one doubts his innate ability with the ball in his feet. Mm. And if they do, then I'll contend they're just wrong. Yeah. He's got all the ability in the world. But sometimes, does he? This, is, this for me is why I don't believe he's number 10. Now, a lot of people who know a lot more about football than me seem to think otherwise, so I defer to that to an extent. Yeah. But I don't think he's a 10 in terms of a David Silver, 
thinks within a split second and can change a game with a bit of, you know, kind of a pass or a move that another player might not see. I don't see Ross like that. I see him more of a six or an eight, you know, box-to-box midfielder, but I still don't say... that. What I'm saying is I don't think he hasn't got a footballing brain. Well, what's he usually yeah. being coached by, right? Because I'm leading this to a coach. I think it's down to the coaching responsibility. Well, the academy from the age of nine. Yeah, so, I mean, as first-team football when he's playing against first-team players. You see where this is going, can't we? Whose fault's this? Roberto Martinez has him for two years, three seasons. Yeah. Neil Warnock at Leeds. Yeah. Are these coaches that are meant to be helping Ross? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson. From schoolboy level. So what chances he has is Roy Hodgson, Roberto Martinez and Neil Warnock. David Moyes. Moyes, what did he have about an handful of games with the Moyes? Still yeah, exactly. Anyway. So he's been not been given the best of chances, has he? But he's and had now the we're best coaching in terms of schoolboy level from England and Everton have got to offer from the age of nine. Yeah. yeah. Now maybe in terms of senior management, you've got a good point. But well, maybe Let's this season we'll see if Kuhn... with, the, with the right coach behind yeah. him. Yeah, I, I, I think it's an interesting thing that I agree what you're saying, but I think what was said in the context of the piece and what we sort of tend to think about what is a football brain, it's not like your, your skills and how you deploy them on the pitch. It's intuitively understanding like the ebb and flow of the game and, and reacting and anticipating what's going to happen in the game. And that's something that uh, you can be gifted with. I mentioned Wayne, Wayne had that when he was 16, 17. As soon as he, he was playing you know, like an adult then because he had, the, he had that intuition uh, and some players are naturally born with it. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and I've got Ange coming at 17, 18, and I like that. The, Gary the Neville, the Jamie Carragher. But Paul Scholes would be Scholes. one like that. Scholes, to me, is, is the epitome of that. And, and then, as you say, with Gareth Barry, sometimes you learn it through your career. And I think where Ross is probably at the moment is, I don't think he's... You know, it, it's, it's something that you need to be coached with rather than, than it being sort of... In, you know they'll pick up within experience rather than being being mm. born naturally with it, like some of the players you just mentioned. Would you say John Stones has got more of a footballing brain, Phil? Than where the lads are trying to get from, I'd say John Stones has got more natural footballing brain. You almost say he's got too much, yeah, because he <laughs> is trying things that he shouldn't be doing in areas of the pitch that he shouldn't be doing them in. Mm. I think he can see things that others can't. Yeah. And he's so far in his career he has shown a propensity for making mistakes by over maybe trying to be over elaborate because he can see that it could come off and he can see a through ball from the from his own byline into the second into the opposition's half when nobody else would ever even think of trying it because it's too risky. So, so in that way he's streets ahead of most people on that pitch. I think that's what I think that's maybe what a lot of managers see in him. They yeah. can see that he can see the game. Yeah, I, th- I think within that though, I think defenders are more natural like that because that's why the defenders got the because the they've got the whole them. pitch. They've got the mm. whole pitch in front of them. Yeah. So I think it's like I won't say it's part of your basic skill set, but it's it's one of the things that you know enables you to be uh, you know a good defender. Because we talk, we always talk about defenders reading the game, don't we? we never mm. talk about anybody else on the pitch yeah, reading the game. Yeah. You know, we're actually all players should read the game, and I think that's the that's the that's the point here. Does Ross read the game to to the level that he should? And I think there was some. I think if that's what Stan meant, or and that's what people around the coaching set up. And then I think there's an element of truth in that yeah. because I, I said that on the several occasions last year. 
But I do think it's something that you can learn naturally as you become more experienced and with a little bit of bit of coaching. Do you know harder to read the game playing number ten or a striker when you've got you know, you might pick up the mm. ball and you've got five, six, seven defenders in front of you, that the gaps are smaller, you know, it's it, you haven't got as much time necessarily on the ball as opposed to being a defender who's bringing it out. You can see the you know, the spaces, you know, it's got time on the ball. Which is why I think Ross is more of a six or an eight. Yeah, I, but I think it's not, it's it's as much as what you do when you haven't got the ball right, than when okay, you have yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. good sense of defenders like with John Stones, it's like you read the game, good reading the game, it's not when what you've got the ball. It's when somebody, you know, the opposition have got the ball and you're anticipating a pass so you can run in and sort of nick the ball off yeah. the attacker. And, it, you know, there were several times last year, but you know with, with Ross sometimes, he, you know, when he's got the ball, he can keep the ball the he can keep the ball too long and not make the obvious pass and then lose it. Sometimes he doesn't make runs that you would think that he should be doing in terms of anticipating where the ball's going to go. And I think hopefully that will come exper- with experience, but I don't think he's one of them players where it's a natural gift for him like some of the other yeah. players you've spoken about. And I think that if that's what people are alluding to, then I think there's an element of truth in that. I just thought it came across as a bit... It was a bit harsh. It's, yeah, mm. especially yeah. because, as Tony said, you know, as Deli Ali got a football brain, um, Jack Wilshere got a football brain. Well, if you're going to judge Anderson them all on the World Cup, yeah. I don't think hardly any of them have. Yeah. No, but that was the point, wasn't it? I think it's a, it's a massive blessing in disguise that two Everton players haven't been involved in that debacle, really, because they're not going to get they're not going to get a hard time from the Oasis fans. So you can guarantee every every England player that was involved in that debacle is going to be getting torches from the fans, aren't they? Every away game they go where John Stones and Ross Barkley going to have a good season with Everton. Hopefully, I, I thought Ross got the. Could have done a job with the last 10 15 minutes on, on Monday, to be honest. I think it was made for Could somebody. Could have done worse, could yeah, it? made for somebody to run on, you know, run down the middle of the pitch with the ball and try and take on, you know, like Rashford did on the yeah. wing, rather than sort of playing with four people, four stages up front and Kale up front. It was just, yeah, I don't know, it was just it was just a strange thing to make Roy not picking Stones and, and Barkley, then alluding to Roberto Matters and his press yeah. conference afterwards. Well, mind, he played Barkley for yeah, almost was, all the qualifiers, yeah, and he didn't get a kick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was the thing, wasn't it, about if, if people around the coaching set up were saying that, well, why did he play in all the qualifiers? Why did he take him yeah. to France in the first place? Mm. I but, think the tournament was set up for John Stones, the way England played. I think it would have been set up for him. Because well, we said last there was week, no we? defenders. All they were doing was passing to each other. They couldn't get rounds. Obviously, teams that were just pinned back and happy with that. But he needed that defender to step up and play as basically an extra midfielder. And it would have suited John Stones no end. Yeah. The tournament was made for him. And um, they'll probably, obviously, probably, probably regret it now. But what tells you everything is that the teams that are already linked with John Stones tells you everything that the managers that they've got. Yeah, there was an interesting comment by Didi, a man, wasn't it? Did you see that about saying about Stones and Barkley could yeah. play for the big clubs in, mm. in Europe, host of the squad, which yeah. was quite uh, quite uh, illuminating as well. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, nothing's happened at the moment in terms of, of business for ins or outs, really, apart from uh, the released list. Phil, it's going to be probably be a bit quiet for the rest of the week, we'd imagine, isn't it, in terms of uh, the transfer market? Yeah, you may have read it, a piece in um, Monday's Echo. Uh, basically, sort of in summary, it was going on Koeman's sort of Premier League track record of signings. He tended or t- has tended to do his business fairly swiftly. Only went to the sort of the wire on deadline day a couple of times, and for one signing uh, on both on both occasions, you know, by the middle of July, he got most of his targets sewn up. Now. 
you ideally, I'm sure everybody, including Kuman, would love that to be the case again. Um, but obviously, he's coming into a, a, diff- a different situation. The kind of the wiping the slate clean now at Everton, aren't they? And obviously, they're in the process of trying to appoint a director of football. And so, I, my suspicion is, oh, I hope not, but I, I think maybe we have to brace ourselves to be a little, little bit patient with signings because it's a new structure, it's a new, completely new sort of. Um, hit list of, of players, isn't it? They're ripping everything up from last season almost and starting again, aren't they? So, you know, they're back in Monday and, I, you know, the transfer window opens tomorrow, Friday, doesn't it? They're back in Monday, the players, and obviously you've got a couple who, who sort of drip, drip back into the squad from the Euros. And I think, I suspect it's going to be later rather than sooner for a lot of the stuff. But it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it's very quiet. You know, we believe Martin Stecklenberg will come in for a nominal fee as... as to bolster the goalkeeping ranks, not as a number one, but as a number two or three. And then, yeah, you know, there's there's a few other players is interesting. You know, Camille Glozicki, I think that's how you pronounce his name, will play tonight for Poland on the radar. But we, you know, we couldn't say anything stronger than that at the minute. We don't know if there's any any firmer interest. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm bracing myself to be patient. Although Kuman's track record would suggest he likes to get it done earlier. I mean, for Blues, it's nothing too new. David Moyes was always a late-in-the-window job and so was Martinez for different reasons, really. But two who've definitely gone, three if you count Stephen Pienaar, is Leon Osman and Tony Hibbert. I wrote a piece yesterday, an opinion piece, explaining why I I didn't feel that they'd been treated poorly. Um, I I said it's a shame that they weren't able to say goodbye in the same manner that Tim Howard was. And I suggested that the club, being the, the kind of club that they are with people like chairman, the chief exec, deputy chief exec, a family club that's very keen to to uh, focus on that, that they might invite them back, schedules allowing uh, for one of the Goodison pre-season games and get them on the pitch before, after half-time and give them that chance to say farewell and get an ovation. But generally speaking, you know, I don't like this term servants, people are servants no. of clubs. No, agree, I agree, disagree? No, I agree. I, I, I agree with that piece. My, one of my points and it's not talking about Evan. Generally speaking, I think there's a whole it's a whole sort of culture that's left up about players leaving. I remember years ago, whatever, but however great you were for the club, you just that was it. You would look, you got a guard of honour in your last game or something, and then that was it. And you know, and then you know, things moved on. And sometimes, you know, on the last day, some of the departures that you see, you know, I think sometimes it can be divisive. It's like when, when do you qualify for the pig? Yeah, you know, mm. you know, a big, yeah. you know, celebration. There's Kale, Moyes, and Phil Neville. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure what I mean. But it's not just Evan. Just generally, when do you, yeah. when do you qualify for the big uh, departure? And when don't don't you? Mm. It's 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 a it's just a purely arbitrary thing. It's only based I mean, on success, isn't it? But but is it? But so no Evan player should get no, one. No, really. no, no, not really. But then you'll have cult heroes who might only be there for five years, and you know, then mm. but then you've got Aussie and Hibbo who've been there for over a yeah. decade each. Uh, you know, Lee Carlton never got a farewell. I, I no. just I just don't agree with the whole culture that Saddam's Premier League and players depart. And I think it should all just be done in, in a quiet way anyway, to be fair. Yeah. Though I do appreciate in this day and age of PR and stuff, it, it looks good. And so that that's the problem for me, rather than the fact that Leon and Tony didn't didn't you know didn't get perhaps uh, what they should have done. Um but I do I just do agree. Great savings for Everton. Uh Ozzy is a particular favourite player of mine, but I think you've got to draw it line under both of their careers, and I think it, well, I do think at the same time should be given an opportunity to say, you know, goodbye. I, I think they can count themselves really fortunate that they've stayed at a football club 
especially in the Premier League, for considering the ability they've got, the longevity at a Premier League football club. Can you? Th- I can't think of Tony Irving and Leon Osman staying for as long as they did in any other Premier League football club. Is Osman not like a bit of a Mark Noble, a local lad? He's uh, got the ability, kind of, maybe not, you know, he's got his limitations, yeah. certainly. And don't forget, he got a couple of England caps. I mean, I, I think I think you're doing Osman a disservice to an extent there. Although I think, it, I, I think agree, he, had we been... peak, 2004-2005, yeah. After 2010, that should have been the end of it for Yeah, me. don't disagree he with stayed that, far yeah. too long. And that's been down to the managers. Not, it's not Osman's fault. He, listen, he's been given every contract going. He's going to sign it. Financially, Everton Hibbert wins. and Osman have stayed far too longer than what he did. That's just my opinion. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. I think when George and Ozzy was a player, um, you've got to remember that. I mean, he effectively rocked three or four years of his career. He was in, he was in the same England youth team as, as Gareth Barry. And Gareth Barry had been playing for, for England for four years before Ozzy had even made his mm. first team, you know, full first team. So Ozzy, Ozzy had lost four, four years of his mm. career through injury and, and the real like important you know periods, you know, when his in his late teens, early twenties. Yeah. So in terms of his ability as a player, you've got to judge that that he, he was a late starter. But you know, technically Ozzy was as good as seeing play for Evan, you know, in terms of, you know, his control of the ball and you know, we talk about his football brain, Ozzy is intuitively you know, at a young age, you could see, see he had he had an element to that. Um, but as you say, I mean, it's, it, what what got all this is lack of pace, wasn't it? And I think yeah. that was sort of probably one of the reasons um, he declined. And also, and he shooting. Yeah, oh. sometimes. But having seen that, when he, that was the thing about him. The rollers have seen enough of that to last me a lifetime. His left footed ones oh. as well. But I tell you what, if you have a look at up, you know, <laughs> I won't miss them, I tell you that. All, all, all the Everton players, if they put some of their best goals that they score for Everton, Aussies, Aussies scored quite a few great goals for Everton. He's been there 10 years, he should do. I remember the header against Man City, you know, yeah. unbelievable. But So that's the first thing. The second thing I'd say about Tibo is that uh, when Rooney. Signed his first adult contract was in I think it was January two thousand three. Tony Hibbert was at the same press yeah, conference, was it? And, mm-hmm. and the feeling was that not only would Rooney become an England player, that Tony would become an England player as well because he started that well at he's right back. He's playing centre midfield. Well, he started centre midfield. Yeah. He, he broke he, he, his, his right back was his position then, and there's a feeling that he'd become an England international. But I think with Tony was that events overtook him that. The, the role of the fullback in the last fifteen years has changed considerably, mm. and that's just ha- and it hasn't been to its strengths, has mm. it? You know, getting up and down, you know, um, being great in this, in and outside the opposition box. But Tony's an old-fashioned right back, that yeah. so he's a bit out of time, isn't he? So that's why I think one of the reasons why he wasn't as effective. But if you give him a if you give him a right, you know, a left winger to mark. You know, which is what he should be doing. No, interestingly, when we're linked with players now, like a lot of my mates say to me, they go, oh, like, say for argument, say Axel Witzel or someone, any, any, any player that we're linked with now, first thing you think of straight away is better than Ibn and Osman, straight away. And that's what we've got to look at now. They're yeah. gone, they're yeah. finished. Now look towards signings and incomings yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of incomings, we'll obviously, you know, we'll play a little game now. The website, uh, we, we often do a, a poll, keep or sell, which I don't know if you've seen if you go on the Echo website, you obviously do to listen to this podcast. Um, now, we're looking at the, the programme for the last game of the season against Norwich. 
we'll just throw a few names out. I'll, I'll say the name. I want to know from each of you. Keep or sell them. Obviously, there's a few who've already gone. But one who, who Phil alluded to this week, so I'll let Phil start. <laughs> Rob Les, keep or sell? Sell. I, I, I don't see, unfortunately, I don't see him being in a position or having shown enough where he can genuinely push to be Everton's long-term number one. And I think he's done. I think he's done really well, and I think he's shown incredible patience uh, over the past couple of seasons and took his chance and performed fairly well. But as I wrote in a piece this week, if you look at his over last season, for for every Bournemouth penalty save in the cup, there's a Sunderland away, isn't there? Mm, yeah. And I just think that if we're going to elevate ourselves to a Champions League chasing football club, is Joel really the standard of goalkeeper we can rely on? To be our number one, and it's you know it's difficult. You don't he's, he, you know he's a nice lad and he's he's a good goalkeeper, but I'm not quite convinced he's good enough. Phil's just said basically, yeah, what he said for me, Robles sell, Gaff. Yeah, I agree. I mean, sell him, but you want to go anyway. Bear in mind you're yeah. thinking in like number two, so yeah, I agree. Solid. That's a full house for me, but I'm concerned. <laughs> Clean sweep. Yeah. Leighton Baines, so yeah, we've got to keep Leighton. I think. I think in hindsight's a great thing, but I think Everton missed the boat if they were ever going to flog him. If, if yeah. came the time when David Moyes came in for him, because we would have got top dollar for him at the time. But he stayed, not the best of seasons last season, Leighton, but neither did most players at, the, at that time. So, yeah, I think we've got to give Leighton another good season under his belt. Yeah, I agree. I think he's one. Now you've got, I'm going to say Gredov, that's probably the wrong place to use, Hibbert Osman and PNR. <laughs> No, I think it's still cool to have one or two plays, you know, players from around that sort of era around the club. And I think Leighton's are obviously a little bit younger as well, I think. Uh, certainly keep. Keep all day, Phil? Yeah, keep. And for me, the fact that he's been in Finch Farm training already this summer, weeks before everybody else will be back, bodes well. I think, you know, I think it's no secret that his ankle injuries have impacted on his form last season. So I'm really looking forward to seeing a refreshed and reinvigorated Leighton Baines next season. You've got to the manager as well, hasn't he, Phil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, I'll start this one. We've discussed this in previous recent podcasts, so we won't dwell on it too much, but I want to go first on this. Darren Gibson. <laughs> He's got a mug on him, I'll tell you, though. <laughs> Scotty lookalike, extraordinary Darren Gibson. Sell all day. Shouldn't have got a new contract. Tony. Um, I can see the reasons why he's been given a contract. Obviously, because it's, it's money in the bank, isn't it? If you're ever going to sell him, and there's a profit there for him. It was just it didn't make sense releasing him. So I think that, that concept uh, makes financial sense. Uh, I, he should have been given a pay-as-you-play contract for me. That should have been... Do you remember Yeah, so remember them, yeah, yeah remember them, so <laughs> how, do, how do you know he's not been given a pay Well, pay he possibly pay can. Do you know more than I do? No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm Phil, just saying. has he been given one, Phil? <laughs> hey, you know this. <laughs> no, I think he should have been given a place to play contract or something with initiative and bonuses where he's playing quite a lot because he is a good player. There's no doubt about it. And on top of his game, if he's fit, fully fit, he's a very useful asset to Everton Football Club. But the difference is we can't get him on the pitch. So... I can see why he's been given a contract. He's a good squad player for me to have. I'm going to sit on the fence there, but I think I was just about to say exactly what you said there. Uh, so, yeah, I think when he's fit, um, certainly capable of getting in the um, in and out of the first team. The problem is he spends 75% of the time injured. He'd be one of them players, I think. It depends on what other players come in between the club between now and the start of the season, won't it? Because mm-hmm. I think that's an area we're going to strengthen. 
but it's just science. I'd say, what's it? Is it two years? Was mm, it? Two yeah. years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a few names would be self-explanatory, a bit obvious, really. We won't go through the whole squad. John Stones, we'll all say keep, I'm sure. Would we all say keep John Stones? Oh, just yeah, yeah. Obviously. Definitely. If, if somebody come in with the selling money bid, got to keep. So regardless I, I of 40, care. 50, 60 no. million quid. Yeah, I'd like, keep. Yeah, I'd like it's to. not yeah. just that, it's the signal it sends out. Okay, here's one. <sighs> Seems stupid on the set of it, but the, the skipper, Jackie Elka. Keep. Keep, says Phil. I, again, reflecting what Gav said, interestingly, about we've lost a lot of characters, you know, the club inside out in your Osman and your Hibbert and your Tim Howards. Um, you can't have enough of those people just around and about. He's still a top centre-back in many ways, although, you know, time maybe is catching up on him to an extent. Nevertheless, for me, to keep it's a bit of an easy and no, Nobody likes to be smart, Alec, but didn't everybody here say you should have gone and taken him to the Euros? Yeah. Would have England been better off if they had the experience and, and just out and out defensive well, exactly. capabilities? Phil yeah. yes. Yeah. And the one who, play, who played so much in the uh, qualifiers? Yeah. yeah, I would say uh, yes. He's 34 in August, though, isn't he? Uh, caveated by the fact that I, I don't expect him to see and play. Maybe his first choice. Interesting. That's half pairing. Interesting. But I'd say keep, but a controversial one here. I wouldn't like to see him as captain. Well, so who, just, who would you like to I don't know, someone who's come in with a, who's been a lot more around the block than, I think, Philly. He's quiet on the pitch, isn't he? He's not, he's not a vocal captain. He might be great behind the scenes. He, he might be like a proper team captain who gets them going in the dressing room and whatnot, all behind the scenes. But for me, I think Everton needs a very vocal captain on the pitch, especially with this new era that we're going into. So... And I think it should be a centre midfielder, dare I say, as someone who the whole game revolves around. Yeah, and linked with that, it, it's also linked to whether you're in the in the, the start and you're having every week as well, yeah. isn't it? Mm. So, so, as you're right, if, if Phil Jagielka's not playing every week, then obviously someone else is going to have to take it. But then I, wouldn't, I still wouldn't strip him of the club captaincy. Yeah, yeah, you can dress it up in several different ways, can't you? someone as vice-captain yeah. then? You, yeah, you know, hypothetically speaking, then if, if we go with your point, so I would maybe, maybe appoint a new vice captain. Because was Tim Howard vice captain, technically? He was, and then it was obviously, obviously Gareth Barry. Yeah. So maybe that would be a way around it, maybe. Um, because if Phil does not start next, you know, start next season, if he's on the bench, then I'm very, very comfortable and very happy that he's he's back up. Yeah. Because that's, not, that's something we did not have. Yeah. yeah. All right, a couple more. You would assume that, uh, yeah, everyone would, before we get to him, you'd assume everyone would say sell for this one, but I'm looking for anyone who'll say otherwise. Kone? Yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah. Straight, straight sweeper sells. Yeah. Nias? <laughs> <laughs> okay, no dissent. Serious point on Nias. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh. Serious point. And I'd look, on the evidence so far, you would say, look, let's just, let's just cut our ties and, yeah. and be done with it. But he's got to be given a full pre-season, hasn't he? He's, he's never been fit. And look, whether whose fault that is, he's open to debate, etc., etc. But before, I would like to think, before we make a decision, just give him give him until mid, middle or end of August and just go, right, yeah, it's not, not working. I, you would imagine I you think you can... I, I agree with what Phil's saying to a certain extent, but you can, even with fitness behind him, you 
can just see his touch when he was watching him against Leicester and he looked like he, a fan had just won a competition. I know, yeah, I know. Does everything can, know. sharpen up and tighten up though when he's fully mentally no, he, and physically not fit? Not when you're just controlling I, I a ball or passing a ball or even taking a shot. Just basic stuff and you're I'm, going, I'm saying, this lad won a competition? I'm saying now, unless we, we go and sign somebody before then, start him at Barnsley on the 23rd of July and go, look. I think Human will come in and go, What's going on? Probably, here? mate. He probably will do. But I would like yeah. to think, just give him the summer, and then we can definitely just yeah, okay. yeah cut our losses. All right, here's one then. Uh, Kevin Morales divides opinion among fans. We noticed on the website a lot of supporters really, really behind him, want him to do well. Uh, we're angry and frustrated that he didn't get chances under Martinez. I understand some of that sentiment, but then I actually think, and this probably won't be a very popular take on it. I actually think Martinez gave him a lot of chances and he didn't always reward him. Uh, I think two red cards in particular last season. For me, I'd sell him. I really would, I'd sell him. I don't like I don't like his attitude as a footballer. I don't think he works enough off the ball. He doesn't justify it. If, you, if you're not working enough off the ball, especially in a player of his position, you've got to be really, really top-notch. You've got to be your Ronaldo, your Messi, your Gareth Bale, where you can justify staying up on the wing and not tracking back. I'm sorry, this lad isn't good enough to lace their boots. So he's got to come back and help us full back out. He's got to put a shift in. He's got to get a sweat on. And I've yet to see it. If I've seen it, it's in fits and starts. I've yet to see a consistent run of games from him for what he justifies. No, I'm not. He's never provided one. No. Yeah. He's a bit like Darren Gibson for me, Morales. His fitness is. Yeah. He's been at Evan four years now, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, it's quite a long time, really, um, and he's 29, I think, this year. So big, so big season for yeah, him. Yeah, it's either big season or whether we decide to whether well, he wants to go. But um, that's a, that's a 50-50 one for me. Um, when he's fit, great. The problem is when he's not, and that tends to be deflected, as you say. Mm-hmm. Tony is sometimes his attitude's not the best. Sorry, as you staring at me there. Sorry, Phil, recording a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't mind having a little bit of... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you know, we've heard Cumin likes the idea of Kevin Morales. Yes. A lot of managers Sorry. like the idea of Kevin yeah, Morales. Yeah. Whether or not the reality of Kevin Morales on, on the training pitch on match day yeah. might, yeah. you know, yeah. who knows. Yeah, as we understand it, we were told this week that, that Ronald likes the look of Kevin as a player um, and I think he's keen to, to try and kind of get that best out of him and and I was speaking to another person in football today, uh, this week, sorry, you reminded me, you know, look, he brings goals. And it, it made me think, it made me stop and think a little bit. He, he looked back at his goals record and the number of games that he started. It's, it's pretty decent, but my, the counter, as we've said, is he, he's not proven to, 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 to me and to you and to, to well, I won't say many supporters, because he's got a lot, of, a lot of fans out there, hasn't he, that... He's not consistent enough. So if he's not consistent enough in his all-round game, why does he justify a start? And then if he's not starting, he's not going to get. He's not going to score as many goals, and it's difficult. I I would. I'd be inclined to, if he has a good pre-season. I'd be inclined to keep him. New manager, new start. Yeah. Arm around the shoulder. He might get the love he feels he needs. But if if it's not happening, January, do we do we sell him? And certainly, if it's not happened this season, I think this is it. Yeah. yeah. Another one who splits opinion, James McCarthy. He's divided his opinion this summer, especially with seeing his performances for Ireland. For me, doesn't do enough with the ball. Off the ball, he's just another Jordan Henderson. 
<laughs> just another Liverpool captain. No, that's all he is, just a runabout. That's all the hard runabouts. Go and, go and get the ball and give it to someone, and they can't even do that properly half the time. So for me, James McCarthy doesn't justify centre midfield in an Everton jersey. Especially this deployment. Well, that's an area Cumin's looking at strongly. But you can see that straight away from the players that were linked to it, Schneider and Witzel. All midfielders were linked to it lately. So I think that tells you everything Schumann. where he wants Cumin. So it tells you that mm-hmm. area that Cumin wants to target straight away. And for me, I don't think, for what he gets in Gadabari and James McCarthy, he can get a player to do both of them roles. I think we, did we talk about it last week? Can't move last yeah, week. Touched touched on about James, I, think, yeah. I think it's James's product with the ball that would be the issue. I don't think you know when he's fit. You know he's got all the energy in the world, and you know he can get about and interrupt and break up play. He can do that side of things well, can't he? But it's when he's got the football, it's what he does with it. I think is the would be the issue. Cumin was one. Both. What he does and what yes, Garibaldi does course. in one play, yeah. like a Schneider or a Witzel. Yeah, you can see why we're linked with them. Well, it's funny enough on the looking at the back of the program here. There's, there's a name right above James, who Tom Cleverly, who does can do a very similar job, really. Yeah. Uh, maybe not quite as in terms of his frame and his physique as um, imposing, I'm going to say, but James isn't really a muscular player. He can throw a challenge in. He covers ground really well. Much or muchness, both of them, really. Well, you can look, I mean, just extend it. There's, there's four players there together, isn't it, in the like in numerical order. Cleverly, McCarthy, Bessitz, Barry, mm. who are all sort of in and around that area. Yeah. So, of them four, who would you anticipate this is linked to the players that we've brought in. Yeah. You know, you probably, Barry would stay. I don't see any point in saying that. Yeah, definitely. So I think the, whether the others stay collectively as a, as a threesome depends on who you bring in. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised that maybe two of them. I'd like to keep message. I would. You see, this goes back, to, I would. goes back to our mate Darren Gibson, doesn't it? Because Darren Gibson went fit on the ball. He's a very good footballer, isn't he? He's played in Champions League semi finals mm. for Manchester United. Yeah. But is he mobile enough to do the other side of oh, it? Is not, not from what we've no, seen. So no. pro- probably not. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I think he's a good squad player. See a bunch of those four lads together, and they've all got similar, maybe not the same, but collectively there's two, there's two problem areas that one they all probably have kind of one or yeah. the other, don't yeah, they? Yeah. I mean, I would say Barry cut, lacks, uh, makes up for his lack of pace now by football brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nitty yeah. ties in, but. Preparation as well, though, Phil, like what Tony's yeah, saying about, yeah, yeah, yeah. about Gibson being a good squad player. I know what he means, but when they have used him last season, for example, as a squad player, when he came in, he wasn't fit enough. He hadn't prepared himself in the way that I would imagine a Barry would to come in and be fit, even though he hadn't been featuring. It was taking him like 90 minutes to readjust. There were times when he was running through mud. And, yeah. you know, well, I'm telling you now, if there's any inclination that he's not living the lifestyle or preparing, warming down, recovering absolutely properly, Ronald Koeman will tell him to sling his up. Good one, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's maybe the difference in a bit more of a, 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 a decisive manager who will tell them. Mm. Quickly touch on one who's may or may not be going to the Olympics, actually. I uh, don't know how that will affect his chances of pre- proceeding. Funes Mori. <laughs> I think it was going back to talking about Dan and Gibson there. I don't think the Olympics would be his bag somehow, though. Would you like, <laughs> no, you know? 100 metres? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good one, isn't it, Funes, Mori? Uh, I would keep. I do, I do think there's a player there. Um, I, and I do, 
Essentially always like talk the, about Barcelona. But, and, but there's better. Better you think he'd go. I'm not having him. I, I just he's not suited to the Premier League. Romero Funes Mori. He's just so he's like a lapse in concentration. He's prone to an error. He's just he's not a defender for me in the Premier League. He's just not suited to me. He may look good in Spain or wherever he's playing, but for me. As a Premier League defender, he's just not suited to the football over here. He's just too rash, gets caught out of um, out of position. He's just his distribution's not the best either. He's getting out jump for a big lad. He's just he's just everything you don't want in a defender for me. He's great at the opposite on the opposite end of the pitch. He's great for an header. He's got a few goals for you, but he's a defender. And for me, no, I, I, I'm not I'm not a fan. And I was bewildered when I seen the Barcelona links. If you're asking me if on the keeping with the keep sell ethos, if I'm happy with the newly calibrated, newly loaded, going places Everton starting the season with him at centre back on that first team sheet, then I'm not really. So you may as well say sell. And if you're going to get a few quid, if you're going to get a few quid, yeah. a silly money type thing for him, which maybe is debatable, then uh, I'd, I'd take it all away. Yeah, it's, it's funny there. Most of the players there we've agreed on. By and large, have me apart from yeah. one or two. I'm not allowed to divide yeah. opinion. I didn't yeah. expect yeah. you to, to be yeah. definitive for four years, don't we? We've had this now for four years. Four yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what have we had? Have we had four years worth out of him? I think, I think he's in a vulnerable position. I know what you say about Ronald likes him and stuff, perhaps. But, uh, and don't forget, this season, as Phil alludes on just then, if he's going to make it at Everton, this is his season. He's got no excuses. He's got a free summer. He's yeah. had no Euros, yeah. he didn't make the Belgian squad. He's got a new manager, so we can't have to harp on about Roberto not giving him another chance. He's got a new manager, prove yourself. Let's see if he can have a consistent run of games. I can't see it, I just don't like the lads. As you say, he's 29 as well. The way he plays the game stuff, once you get to 29, 30, you just lose a little bit, don't you? Yeah. You do. You lose a bit. Yeah, definitely. An interesting one for me, Brendan Galloway. Now, we're talking about why you keep Baines... Uh, if you're Cumin, one of your low points last season would have been, I would imagine, that home three 0 home defeat by Everton at mm. St Mary's, and I, I think back felt feels a long time ago in the grand scheme of things and the misery that we sunk to last season, that was a rare um, plus as long as as well as the cups, I should say, and Galloway played more than played his part that mm. day down left. Yeah, I mean, well, you've got Garbus as well, who's not. Completely on, forgot. On, on, not on, on this program. list. So yeah. Left back is yeah. his position that we uh, are traditionally well, well, uh, well versed with, like no. Oviedo. Um, so for every Baines that you keep, does that mean that blocks a, a youngster coming through and whether they would then look around? Especially because some of them got proven Premier League experience. Like Galloway's played, mm. you know, not just a couple of games. This is my point about the likes of Tom Davis. He's played, what, half a season? Perhaps mm. something like I think he'd be looking at it. I think Galloway's ambition yeah. has got to be to get himself in that first team. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to want to go on loan to the Championship, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I like him. I think he's a, he didn't let us down last season at all. He's fit. He's agile. I think he's everything that you'd want in a really good left-back. Plus, he can play centre-half as well. I think he's, he's, he's definitely... Is he, though? And listen, for... Without this is a bit of a, a crass kind of point. Is he a bit of a walker or a rose in the fact that he's quick, he's athletic, but his final ball... No, I like his that, final ball. I think it's just... Was it a miss last season? Think back. It was it a miss, his final ball. I think he was unlucky. I, I think Roberto shoved him out there a couple of games. He just dropped him for some unknown reason. 
and I didn't like that the way he just dropped him all of a sudden. Yeah, it wouldn't have helped him actually. You're right. I no, think. It I, well, a final ball is something that you can coach somebody with. I mean, I think when John Stones first came in the team, you know, the the, the second half yeah. of the thirteen fourteen campaign, his distribution of defence wasn't great between now between when he came in and and, and the uh, and, and and when the season finished. But it's you know it has increased a lot more now. It's not perfection, you know, um, but you could see a big big Im- improvement there. And you think hopefully with Galloway it'd be the same thing. It'd just be experience getting attuned to the pace of the game and the more games he plays, like just that. crossing my team. Yeah, improve. and I think I think you would uh, you would expect that to improve with experience. So I'm not really uh, worried about that for the moment. Seamus Coleman, obviously that for me it's a keep. Yeah, definitely. I think he's has a really good Euros as well, captain of the Ireland team. Set up there, he's done really, really well. Yeah, he's one of the best, best right back. Didn't have the best this season, but as a, as I touched on before with Leighton Baines, not many of them did last season. So I think Seamus is definitely a shoe, and he played for the majority of the Premier League clubs next season, wouldn't he? Yeah, so I was just thinking when you talk, talk about you should captain the team next year. We've got somebody captain the country. It's a good shout. In the squad. I think it's interesting that Gavin, you're spot on. I saw a different side to him. And you know, look, you're playing for your country. It, it, it's a big issue, isn't it? Does it mean something to players? Mm. You saw him in tears when Ireland went out. Yeah. It means something to him. Um, Would he I have that play- same passion? Oh, no, yeah, I'm just going to get on that. But I, I think playing for Everton does mean a lot to him. I, I wouldn't doubt his commitment. Everton took him out of, say, you know, St. Catherine's at Killybegs and yeah. took him out of the non-league and gave him the lifestyle in England that he's got. Yeah. Um, and... Maybe he's grown this summer even more. Maybe any lingering issues of self-doubt or quietness, maybe leading your country at that level and, and doing as relatively well as Ireland did. Yeah. I really hope we see him knock on because of that. Because I certainly thought he was fantastic, I like think you the said. the interesting point as well, the experienced heads in that Ireland setup, and Seamus got the armband. Yeah. I'm thinking that's a massive yeah, statement. That, that's a good massive, thing. massive yeah, statement. Yeah, I think that's good. And when you're talking about captaincy, he would have to be in the frame, wouldn't he? I think the other thing that will benefit him as well is once once we've we, you know we've um, not renewed, you know, Osman, PNR, Hibbert, etc., etc., you know, four or five players they have gone. He's now one of the more senior players, isn't he? Yeah. He's always been regarded the same as one of the younger players, hasn't he? Whatever, mm-hmm. even though he's bad. He's, Mid twenties, at one least. One of the longest serving, like, no, he? But he is—he is now one of the more senior pros, and I think what you're saying, Greg, is right as well. Is that you would hopefully that 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 um, seniority in the dressing room might might also um, encourage him to be, you know, set an example mm. and, and sort of make him more responsible. Uh, and I would, I, I, it's a big season for Seamus. I hope to yeah. see you know big improvements. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> it is. It's interesting. So many of those names we've agreed on. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, whether or not you agree with us somewhere I'll ask maybe I'm sure a lot of people out there will uh, will think that he's been denied you know his, his chance I, I tend to disagree but interested to know what you think thanks for listening this week we'll, uh, we'll leave it there we'll be back next week I know we said it the week before but I hope we'll have something more to talk about in terms of incomings but if we haven't we'll get through like we have this week <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll do keep our selling the 21 <laughs> nah, after the minute in the face yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nah, thanks for listening and uh, let you get back to the beach in Portugal now <laughs>